Welcome to the Living on the B-Side podcast, a show that is all about music, people, and their music-related stories. In each episode, I showcase the power of music, why we love it, the experiences around it, and how music can reach our life in so many ways. Come and join me, your host, Birgit, and my guests from all walks of life for conversations about songs and artists from different genres of music, what impact they have in our lives, and what we have learned with and through it. I can't wait to take you on this musical journey with me. Hey, welcome my B-Sider community to a brand new episode of my podcast where myself and guests share their experiences with music, their life through the lens of music and the little bit of golden nuggets and wisdom we, we sort of take from that and hopefully you know, you can take something similar out of it or get some ideas that you can implement in your life. And yes, another amazing guest is here with me today and I can't wait to introduce you to her. It's going to be a very interesting conversation, I think. So yeah, um, sit down, grab a nice drink if that's a cup of tea or something stronger and just take out half an hour of your time and enjoy. And I'm so happy and excited to welcome Rebecca this time to my podcast. Hello, Rebecca. How's it going? Hi. Good. Well, I was about to say good morning again. Good evening. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's going great. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. And um, yeah, this is going to be a juicy one, I think. <laughs> uh, before we dive into the juicy golden nuggets, um, a little bit about you and I'm just going to throw out a few things that I read in your bio that I think could be very interesting for my audience and then please feel free to add on anything that you feel you know you would like them to know about yourself. Now the things that stood out to me when reading your bio were that you are a somatic sex therapist and an expert in men's sexuality. Don't come across that one very often so you're probably going to touch on that in a bit. Um, and you've worked in that area or realm, as you said, for 25 years, but for the last 15, you were really digging into that specific area. And you're also an author, you have your own podcast, and um, you created some little bits of um, products that men can use to help with their sexuality. These are the things that stood out to me. Is there anything else that you want to add on to that and think it's important? Mm. I mean, that's a pretty good summary of, mm -hmm. of what I do and, and who I work with. Um, what would I add to that? <laughs> the only thing I, that comes to mind really is that um, I, I've started using that term somatic sex therapist, because although a lot of people still don't know what that is, before that I was saying sexual alchemist, because to me that feels much more like it says what I do, but people don't know what that is either. And somatic sex therapist is more... It gives people more of an idea, you know, somatics mm -hmm. with the body, sex therapist. Yeah. But um, but apart from that, everything you've said is more or less a very good summary. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, and obviously your your calling is a whole nother um topic we could probably dive into, but um I'm sure we'll probably touch on it um a little bit during this episode because obviously the the person that you you know sort of helped you in this whole thing is is an artist 
And but to start off with, just generally, um, give me an idea, my audience, an idea of music. How important is it for you in your life? Mm. And there's so many ways I could begin there. It's it's <laughs> enormously important for me, and um, from everything from you know and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but the things that it's woken up in me, mm-hmm. the kind of groundwork that it's laid for me mm-hmm. as a sexual woman and as a woman who works with sexuality um, and also as an older woman, I mean, I'm 56 years old. And so I've seen how music has changed as well over the decades, you know, and what, how, you know, the stuff I notice is how music talks about sex a lot. <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of the area that I, I notice. Um, not only, but that, um, you know, how we talk about that has changed for better or worse. And also using music um, as part of the healing that I do, you know, because music can elicit different feelings. It can help you get in touch with certain emotions and help you to bring them out so that instead of them being trapped in your body, you know, you can release them. And so, you know, I use, I mean, I listen to music for fun and I use music for healing and transforming as well for myself and others. So it's massive part of my life. And my partner's a musician. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wow. Well, you've got it covered on all angles then. <laughs> yes. And I love that you actually use it in both your private life as well as, as in, in your business. That I find that really, really cool. Mm. Now, as you said, we'll touch on a few other things shortly, but... I think let's let's not beat around the bush. Let's go straight to who really had a massive impact in your life and reveal to everybody who that is and give us a bit of a backstory on why this this artist is so close to your heart. So mm, I open the floor. <laughs> That's fine. I can't hand you tissues, but um mm, I got some. Um, <laughs> for me, that is hands down Prince. Prince Prince had a just enormous impact on my life. And in fact, um, just about eight days ago was the sixth anniversary of his passing away. And, you know, it's a funny one, isn't it? Like I've never really, before Prince died, I never really understood how people got so impacted by the death of someone they didn't know. And then Prince died and like the bottom of my world fell out. And even I was like, that's so weird. Like, I love him but I feel more devastated than I would ever have expected to feel. And this just past anniversary, I, for a lot of the day, I just was like, I'll put on some rents. Nope. Can't I'll put on some rents. Nope. Can't (laughs) just like, I couldn't do it. And then I said to my partner, you know, will you, will you listen to some prints with me later? Can we sit down and watch some prints videos? She agreed. And I just cried like a baby, you know, and, and, and that's six years after his death. So you can imagine you know, how his life might've impacted me. And I was probably 14 or 15 when I first heard his music. And I think by then that would have been his second album or maybe, I don't know, he put like his first four came out in like two or three years. And that was around the time that I was 14, 15. So I, it's all a bit of a blur. I couldn't tell you exact timings, <laughs> but you know, that was the time that my sexuality was developing. That was the time that I was figuring out who I was becoming like, you know, that's that weird time between childhood and young adulthood, Mm. that kind of thing. In fact, I would say I didn't even, because I was quite naive, you know, and I, I didn't recognize 
I, I recognized that the sound of his music was sexy. I didn't recognize at first that some of the words were. And I remember um, getting ready for school one day and my sister was getting ready and my mother was getting ready and we had some music on and it would have been the radio and Little Red Corvette came on and my mom like freaked out about how filthy this song was. I mean, I still don't think it's that filthy, but she had her issues around sort of thing. <laughs> and oh, I was no. like, oh, is, is Prince filthy? You know, like, is he? Let me go back and listen. And then I was like, okay. Then I started listening to whole albums instead of just random songs. And it was like, this man's got some sexy going on, you know. But for me, like, there was a lot of sexy music out, especially then. Like, that would have been, that would have been late 70s, early 80s. You know, there was some sexy stuff going on. Um, but there, I don't know, something about the way that Prince brought himself fully into it just or even talking about now it just it just does something in my system mm-hmm. it's delicious it feels like it wakes like I felt like he channeled something very pure and when I tap into his channeling of that it helps me tap into that in myself wow that is um pretty powerful stuff if if one artist could have an impact on one person like that Mm. it makes you kind of wonder if if you ever had a chance to tell him that Mm. it would be interesting to to see how he would digest and react to it yeah and you know what's interesting about that is there's my fantasy of how he would react to that and then Mm -hmm. there's the reality right because you know, he was a complex man, not always kind. And mm. so, you know, my yeah. fantasy of how he would react is obviously in my favor. <laughs> yeah, you don't kind of want to burst your own bubble on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose in a way he he would be proud of of you know him being that artist that people actually can connect to and get something out of it because I suppose part of every artist is to do something along those lines to impact people in some shape or form so I could imagine he will be happy about that even though he might not be (laughs) why wouldn't he though isn't that part of yeah um, I mean who knows I think it would depend on which decade and that he's that okay. you know if I were to have that conversation with him it would depend on who he was at that time mm. because there were times like everyone that he was I feel he was much more in tune with that which he channeled which he brought that pure essence of him and there were times when you know he was very far away from it like everyone and so mm-hmm. it may have I think it would depend on when in his life that conversation occurred now like even from the other side, I feel like I could talk with him about it. And he honestly, I feel like he would tell me, find that in myself. Yes, that's um, that's actually a really good, good point. Um, and I like that, that, you, you know, the message is basically, like you said, go inwards and look at yourself. And, and if, if it fits, it fits and then stick to that and don't don't kind of give a damn what, what everyone else says. And for me personally, with Prince, I always loved that about him. He just did his thing. He didn't externally; it appeared he didn't really care 
what was going on in the music scene much or what how other people perceived him because he seemed to know who he was to a certain right. degree at, at least as a musician yeah and really embodied that and I mean even just watching him on on YouTube or somewhere else I mean if you cannot feel that mm. um I feel there's something wrong with you sorry no. um, um, it's funny you say that have you seen the video um while um Oh, um, the you know while my guitar gently weeps went out of my head. It's the it's like an American Music Awards uh, where Prince was receiving an award, and Tom Petty and Jeff Lynn and Danny Harrison and a couple of other famous people who I can't remember who they're up there playing this version of While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and Prince comes in. It's a six minute video. He comes in about three minutes in and plays solo guitar that will melt your face. And it's, and they never knew he didn't turn up to any rehearsals. He just said, don't worry, I've got you. He went out. He shows up on stage while they're recording live and does this face melter. And what's amazing is, you know, usually in comments on YouTube, you get some rude stuff and people, oh, I don't like Prince or whatever stupid stuff they want to say. There's not a single bad comment under that video. And in fact, like, there was one from a guy saying, I think I'm pregnant now from just watching him play because it is for me, one of the most beautiful moments in human history I have ever seen because it's so pure. And I, my, my partner plays guitar and I said, you know, I watch that and think it's absolute pure magic. I can't play guitar. So for me, you know, mm -hmm. what is that like mm -hmm. for you as someone who, could play that song kind of thing. And he said, yeah, technically <laughs> I could play those same notes in that same way. Mm -hmm. He said, but that's not what makes it magic. It's the energy that Prince is channeling in that moment that you can feel palpably in your body, even watching it years later on a video. Mm. That only Prince could do that in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it would never have the same flavor, you know, like even if, you could play it exactly precisely as he did. You couldn't channel him. And I think for me, that's the big lesson I try and carry with me is that I'm not supposed to channel Prince. I'm supposed to channel my own pure essence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so yeah. but he was definitely like still a huge motivator for me in that mm. or inspiration, maybe not motivator. That's that's a long time if you think about it from 14 to where you are now to have this one artist being kind of by your side and yeah giving you this I don't know what, what the right word is but this inspiration motivation whatever it is to to do your thing and you know I find that so fantastic it's I don't think you get that very often that you just have this one particular artist that you're just like mind blown um yeah so were there any specific moments throughout maybe your business journey or genuine life where Prince was specifically important apart from obviously when you were 14 and you just found him yeah. were there other moments yeah it's interesting you know because obviously everything that we talk about exists within a context of something and mm -hmm. so I was I think about 16, let me just think, 16. 
no, 17, when Purple Rain came out. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing like that before. Like nothing like that existed. The whole, I mean, great albums, great entire albums existed, but this was just like, it was a story. It had a film, it was sexy, you know, like it was, it was just very unique at the time. And I was like, I can't remember exactly 16, 17 years old. I was dating someone who was like the first person ever, the first man I'd felt love with. I've had a couple of boyfriends when I was younger, but this was the first one we told each other we loved each other. This was the boyfriend that taught me how to orgasm. You know, like this was a this was a very impactful relationship. And it I can't remember exactly how long it went on, but it was kind of ending around the time that Purple Rain came out. We were on again, off again for a little bit. I was away at uni. So, you know, it we didn't know about open relationships. We didn't have mobile phones then or email, you know, so it was difficult to stay in touch. I was 400 miles away. And I can remember listening to Purple Rain. And when the beautiful ones came on, I don't know if you know that track, it's this whole thing about the beautiful ones will hurt you and break your heart. And it's all very like, woe is me. And and I would put that on and cry my heart out, you know, like, because and this boyfriend was very, very pretty and cry my eyes out because he was the beautiful one that was breaking my heart, you know, it was so, <laughs> oh, no. so dramatic. Um, but it, but, but beautiful as well. Like, I, you know, I, I still vaguely know that boyfriend were kind of vaguely in each other's lives. And I still kind of chuckle lovingly when I think of that song and how dramatic I was at 16. And <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> You know, well, indeed, indeed. Yeah. And I think after that, there were a couple of albums. Um, there was, um, oh, my brain's just asleep at the moment. Um, That's okay. The one that Ras- Raspberry Beret was on. A couple of albums that I thought were awesome. And after that, I didn't listen to him for years. I listened to everything previous to that, you know, that I'd grown up with up till, about, I guess it was up till about 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, a sign, um, sign of the times. That was the one I think that came after Purple Rain, and there was another one. And those two I loved, and everything previous to that I loved. After that, I felt like he lost his way a bit, and I mean that's not surprising. He put out like six, seven, eight albums. Mm. You know, like that was some good shit right there, and it was very impactful for me. And that's the stuff that really continued to impact me. The other stuff, in part. I don't, I didn't feel like he was still as in his essence mm-hmm. as before. Mm-hmm. And also I had then moved from the USA to the UK and, you know, we didn't have the internet yet. I didn't listen to a lot of radio. So I wasn't hearing much new stuff either mm-hmm. specific to him. Mm-hmm. And I was still listening to the old stuff. So there was a huge gap where I just didn't really... Mm-hmm know what was going on with him or wasn't listening to his music and then at some point and I can't really even pinpoint when his it's like the modern version of him came back into my awareness and I was like what the hell's Prince up to these days kind of thing mm-hmm. and turned out he married and I didn't even know anything about that you know and like <laughs> oh no so I kind of missed the whole kind of second half of of his stuff. And then at some point I can't, I got caught up on that where he'd been and what he'd been doing and the music he'd been making and his two wives. And 
you know, the whole palaver around his child dying and all kinds of stuff. And I felt like he he got pointed in a direction that didn't allow him to bring his essence anymore um, when he was pointed in the direction of Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, because then he stopped doing the sexy stuff, you know, didn't curse. Not that you need to curse to be cool at all, but it was very him, you know. And so then I felt, I in a way felt the impact of like a first death with him. It was like, that's the man who is Prince. That's not the beingness of Prince. A very different thing. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, see, I... I didn't sort of follow him, obviously, as closely as you have, being such a huge fan of his. But, um, yeah, that's quite um, an interesting way to look at it. That, hmm, it, got me, it gets me thinking now. So I'm sort of, oh, okay, I'll have to kind of digest that a bit. But, yeah, that's in a way sad, yeah. though, isn't it? If, if, if It is. <laughs> but also, you know, I don't know what purpose his soul had in incarnating and having that life you know mm. I can look at it from the outside and yeah. I'm not judging but you, know, you judge it as he was channeling his pure self here and not here mm. but I don't know what his soul came here to do it's not my business true but I can true. use that journey and say okay I can see I can track kind of where I feel like he stopped channeling that pure essence of himself mm-hmm. how can I make sure I don't do that how can I make sure I stay on track you know and so it's still a gift for me yeah really good way of looking at it definitely absolutely and you know yeah I I suppose he still had that spark but just got dimmed a lot by circumstances that we might not know are aware of or whatever happened in his life but it doesn't take away the fact that he was a genius in what he did Mm -hmm. I mean I I I I so remember the time when, you know, he came out like with Purple Rain and all that. And my mom and I, we both loved him. Um, and we both always got asked why. And I, I really remember, really? That pe- yeah, people actually said to us, but he's so ugly and he's only tiny. And my mom and I looked at each other and went, hello, what's wrong with you? Who cares about his height or he's a sexy man can't you feel it can't you see it and then seeing him life as well just cemented for us you know anyone who doesn't understand that mm. your loss not mine mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah I was always a bit gobsmacked that people said that they you don't have to love everyone and, and, and different tastes and opinions are great we yeah. need that in, in the world but yeah I, I don't know I just could never quite understand why people at least as a musician, not saw the genius in him, you know. Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like I said, my partner's a musician amongst many other things. And Prince, like Prince isn't really his music, you know, like he was, he when, when he was growing up and learning to play guitar and writing music and stuff, Prince wouldn't have been one of his influences. But he, he told me that before we met, he'd gone to see Prince in concert. And I was like, you did? Like, I'm a bit surprised. And he said, the man's a fucking genius. He said, like, I'm not a huge fan of his music. That's not my style, but I know genius when I hear it. And he said, you know, he can play every instrument. He writes and composes and play, you know, and composing is a whole different thing to writing. 
he designs the stage sets, the clothes, like the choreography. Like he's he's a poly, what they call a polymath. He's a genius on many levels. And he said he comes through in his playing. And he said, although I, you know, I don't, his music's not my style. It's not my flavor. I know genius. And I wanted to see that live. And it's like, okay, see the respect. There's respect there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And hmm. for me, always, I mean, obviously there was this, and like you said, we were sort of similar ages, I think, growing up, because I remember being a teenager and seeing him and him around, you know, women and everything. It never felt, a lot of people said, oh, you know, he's, what is he doing with these women? It's not very respectful. But I never had that feeling. I always thought, I want to be around him as a woman. Mm. That was always well, my he, take on him. To me, he empowered women. You know, like all his, as far as I know, the lyrics that I know of his earlier music, like I said, I didn't really listen to the second half, um, was very empowering. It's about women having their sexual and bodily autonomy. He might talk about, you're beautiful and I would like to make sweet love to you kind of thing in some way, but it was never... It was it was never some of the stuff that you know is out there today. It wasn't it it wasn't it was empowering. That's all I can say. Mm -hmm. I felt as I was coming into my sexuality at the time, very empowered to be a sexual woman. I had so much sexual energy going on as I was growing up, and you know I grew up in the South in America, and we were told that only you know sluts and being a slut was a bad thing. Had women had sexual energy and wanted to have sex, but men were supposed to sleep around. And so I, I was like, am I a man? Because I've got so much sexual energy. I don't want to keep my legs shut. I like, I like having sex. Whereas Prince was like telling women be a sexual being. And in fact, he, you know, he had uh, protege bands that were women being empowered to be their sexual self. And so I kind of felt like whether he intended it or not, I got permission to be who I really was mm -hmm. from his music from and well from him being who he was and from him you know yeah speaking the way he did about women in his songs mm. I also think if I'm really honest I also think he didn't really maybe know or understand how to do relationships well like I have read some stuff about him since that makes me think he was absolutely a genius in his specific zone of genius. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not at everything else, as we all are when we are playing at being human. <laughs> I think that's a great takeaway as well. You can have your zone of genius, but you're not going to be a genius in everything. And that's totally mm -hmm. okay. Um, mm -hmm. I think the awareness of it is, is key. So we can actually work in that sweet spot, um, but are aware that there might be some work that we need to do elsewhere. And I guess in that, he is a good example of that, really. Mm. I don't know if you know the work of um, John Demartini. He, he's also a polymath, funnily enough, and he talks a lot about human behavior and values. And his thing, which I, I, I can only give you a sliver of, <laughs> but he talks about there's no such thing as a saint who isn't also a sinner. And there's no such thing as a sinner who isn't also a saint. And if you become infatuated with someone it's because you're, that's the fantasy of them and you're not seeing the whole person. And so, you know, the, the ideas in order for us to bring our fullest truest self, we have to own and accept and love and incorporate all of our parts, 
dark light and shadow. And so for Prince, I did have him on a pedestal for a long time. I was infatuated with him for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I, I balanced that out by looking, okay, he has this zone of genius. Mm-hmm. Something incredible comes through that A, resonates with me. I like that music. It feels good to me. It wakes something up in me. There's something super juicy I get from it. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. also a whole being that has areas where he's kind of shit and where he's a bit dark and where he's, a, you know, and so to not expect our heroes to be perfect because they're not, you know, and then we don't have to expect ourselves to be perfect because we're yeah. not. So for me, he's a whole lesson, you know, like his own genius wakes me up in ways nothing else has and his humanity and flaws keeps me balanced. I'm not trying to, to be something that I'm projecting fantasy onto. Mm. Yeah. That's, I love that. I really love that, that the way you just described it. Mm. And I mean, to be fair, when you're um, a teenage girl, 13, 14, your hormones are just everywhere, aren't they? And it's just crazy mm. how much you project onto someone, this, that, an artist or a boy in real life. It's just crazy what's going on in your head. So that fantasy bit's obviously blown out of proportion um, a lot. But yeah. Eventually, I think we all kind of realize that we can love our artists, but even they have crappy days and they're not always the nicest. So, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I had a a friend who was definitely infatuated with Adam Ant. And before I met her, she had like followed him around the country. She'd been to loads of his tours to the point where she actually met, I think, his mother or sister or somebody, and then eventually met him. And they kind of became friends, sort of. I'm not exactly sure what was going mm-hmm. on there. And about, it would be like 26 years ago now, she said to me, I'm going for a coffee in Camden. Come with me. And I was like, well, I've got my daughter, you know, she's in a stroller. She's like two years old. She's like, come on, I just come. We're just going to go for a coffee. And I was like, mm, that's weird. She doesn't usually go into Camden. Anyway, we go to Camden. She's like, a friend of mine's going to meet us for a coffee. And I was like, ooh, she's like, Adam. <laughs> or actually, it's not his name. I think his name's Stuart. She said, Stuart. And then Adam Ant shows up. And I'm like, fuck. But, you know, he was also like, she was infatuated with him and could only see the fantasy she had of him, which mm-hmm. was that, you know, that which he projected out for his music but he Mm. also had a lot of struggles mental health struggles and all sorts of other things she just she refused to see that and of course ended up getting very hurt Mm. whereas I would much rather see the whole person because that also inspires me Mm -hmm. you know Prince being actually human and channeling magic is much more inspiring to me than him just being magical because I'm not that (laughs) yeah and in a way that's I think your subconscious does go and sort of knocks on on your conscious door saying that's an illusion wake up you know don't stay there it's it's not always Mm. that perfect because perfect doesn't exist right we all have rough edges and you know so yeah no that's kind of in a way that's kind of sad that it happened but almost a little bit predictable like you said if she only saw that one piece of of that person Mm. Mm. well um yeah prince i look i think we could talk for a very long time about him um and anyone who 
yeah, hopefully most people will understand our, um, I don't want to say fascination, but he is an incredible human being, good and bad combined. And he is a genius in what he did. And I think if we can use that, and like you said, imply that in our own life and say, we are a genius somewhere, even though we also have our darkness and our ages, it's totally okay. Mm. That I think his legacy, apart from the music, if people can see that, amazing, great, you know, his job's oh. done. I think he has inspired and continues to inspire so many people, you know, musicians for sure, you know, musicians talk about him all the time. I saw Janelle Monet talking about how, you know, he helped her, mentored her with the music. And in fact, she said, this is a recent Red Table talk she did. She said that he was willing to put his mystery aside to be a good mentor. <laughs> like, because he courted his mystery, you know, like he kept himself mysterious. You can watch interviews with like Jimmy Fallon and Dave Grohl and all these people that that met him where he was being very weird and mysterious you know and he was kind of courting that on purpose whereas he he also would, could move that out of the way mm -hmm. and help fellow musicians so you know he's inspired so many people you know so many people in his realm I guess of music and entertainment and and outside of that and like you say his legacy will continue I'm sure at some point he'll move down the ladder as years and years and years go by but you know what he did in the 80s certainly I think will will always be talked about mm. yeah absolutely mm. now I, I suppose this is probably a difficult question for you in a way because there's so many amazing Prince songs but if you would have to pick one song that um, describes your life and or your business, which one would you pick? And give us um, a little bit of a why as well. Well, there's, there's so many. I think, though, off the top of my head, I might answer this differently on a different day, but off the top of my head, I mean, there's a song called Sexuality, <laughs> Let Your Body Be Free, you know, that kind of thing. And... Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's, this might sound really arrogant. I mean it in the appropriate way. That's my zone of genius. Men's sexuality is, it just comes through, you know, like something just happens. There's, there's uh, something that happens. And when I am not in my own way, <laughs> and when I am in that zone of genius, um, that song is, is it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Sexuality. I mean, there's loads of them, but that's, that's the one that comes to mind. Nice. I like it. <laughs> so anyone who hasn't heard it, go and check it out. Um, and yeah, hopefully you'll agree that it's a good song. And you know, it's, it's on around. a very early album. I can't remember which one. It's on a, oh. It's on one before Purple Rain. <laughs> oh, that's very early on then. I probably wouldn't even know that album because I admit I'm one of those Prince um, appreciative people who doesn't know all the albums, but. The songs that I do know, I love. So and either in his first three albums, there was one called Prince, there was one called For You, and I can't remember the other one. A controversy, maybe. To me, they all kind of go together. I think they were released within two years. Mm -hmm. So to me, they are yeah. all kind of one album. Right. I, you know, I can't off the top of my head think, oh, that song was on that one, and this one was on that one, and you know, I think Controversy had. Um, I, I can remember those songs a bit more because that was probably, oh, and 1999. He had four albums before Purple Rain. Yeah, they all kind of go together. So I don't, I don't remember which one Sexuality was on, but I know it was from before Purple Rain. <laughs> there you go. We can probably, 
look it up after. <laughs> awesome. Are we going to now? I'm curious, yeah. yeah. I'll pick you up. <laughs> no, um, I loved our chat. I love talking about Prince. Um, we probably could dive into more of why he can be such a great inspiration and someone to, to I, I don't like the word look up to, but sort of reference to, I guess. Um, for our own life and and how to use music and and appreciate artists and how they can help us with our own lives and businesses and zones of geniuses um but yeah I think we've got to keep it to a certain time limit um is there anything else that you feel you want to share about Prince and his music that you feel could maybe be a golden nugget for, for someone else? I think what comes is where we kind of started, which was around context. You know, like any music that we listen to now that was either from before we were born or for, from when we were really young, we might not understand the context in which that came up. So for example, you know, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. So, I, you know, I was around a lot of music. Elvis Presley's from there. And the context that say when Elvis came out was that he was stealing black people music. They wouldn't play black people on the radio. So he made it happen. And because he moved his hips in a certain way, he was banned. Now we listen to it and his stuff sounds pretty tame. Right. And so with Prince, context is everything. And so if you're going to listen to Prince, I would say listen to everything that's maybe um God, the album name fell out of my head again. The one that came after Purple Rain and back. But remember the context of the years in which they came out. That's, you know, it's like if you go to an art gallery and you look at something and say, well, I could have made that. And it's like, yes, but the context in which this was made is very different from the life you are living. If you had been living that life, that would be revolutionary, you mm -hmm. know? And so when you listen to music, whether it's Prince or whether it's someone else that you prefer, think about the context in which it was made because that will give the music potentially give the music more meaning or deeper understanding oh god that is that is a really 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 good point absolutely mm -hmm. because yeah I agree with with regards to Prince I, I do remember there was a lot of controversy when a lot of his um hits came out and yeah so context definitely um is a is a, is a big one when you listen to Prince and other yeah, artists, and like you said. If I can throw one other thing in, it would mm -hmm. be to close your eyes, listen, and, and see what happens in your body. Some songs are just going to pass through, and some songs may awaken something and just see what happens. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a juicy question. I like that one because you never know with Prince. Oh, you can go down so many different roads. Exactly, exactly. And you don't even have to know the words. It's not necessarily the words that are going to do it. It's the feeling of the music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and his voice as well because, you know, sometimes, yeah. Anyway, we're not going to go into a rabbit hole on that one. I'll talk to you forever, so I will. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much, Rebecca, for sharing your love of Prince. And, you know, apart from Prince, that um, 
yeah, one person can really, or one musician can really have such a huge impact in, in our lives and help us sometimes find our zone of genius. And I think that's my biggest takeaway from today. Just let it happen and don't give a damn what other people say about it. Just do it. That's right. Yeah. So thank, thank you for you, coming Bethany. on. Yeah, you're thank so you welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I will put all your details in the episode description. So if anyone's intrigued about your work or wants to connect with you, they will have all the details there um, to get in touch. And yeah, maybe even other Prince fans, who knows? We, you never know. Who Always welcome. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Um, yes, that's it. So thanks so much, B Siders, for tuning in um for another great episode and uh until the next one as i always say keep on dancing keep on rocking and look after yourself uh, yeah that's it until then bye